boom. And she's rolling. We are recording. How's your weekend been, Kath? Lovely overall, I would say. Got away to Gower, which was delightful and much needed. And also released the Meg Jones interview. We're getting some really positive feedback. So thank you to everyone um, who has been listening um, and sharing their thoughts. And thank you to Meg for being so bold and interesting and funny. Um, People have been really, really impressed by her and her kind of wisdom despite her tender years well she did say she was getting on a bit <laughs> 24 um, yeah <laughs> 24. she's got such presence she's got a great head on her shoulders she knows what she's about um obviously knows the game so well yeah. knows herself knows some of the struggles and i think it's really made people stop and and think about some important things and it's got people excited about the women's six nations and it was great that she got some time on saturday to play and show what she's about so yeah you're yeah. really excited about that i'm really motivated for future interviews and things loving this new format of asking the questions and then kind of sitting back and letting other people bring the magic so i think our future is going to be i'll be behind the scenes just doing the editing you'll be the face and the voice of the podcast that's the journey that i think we're on is this when me and Ardy are running it together when we're both it, the yeah faces it could and the well be yeah when, when our yeah. podcasts join forces <laughs> um yeah i don't know if we're gonna have the same witty repartee that you and i have i don't know if Ardy... we have got excellent chemistry yeah i mean it was our biology teacher who said it first right we just bounce off each other not not even a chemistry teacher <laughs> biology teacher and she was like god not even my area but you two are like sodium and someone else in chemistry that i haven't done for a while yeah this will all be cut out in post Would now be a moment, I know we haven't done the intro yet, um, to say, if you do like the podcast, please tell your friends about it. Please share it. Maybe you listen to it on Apple Podcasts where you can write a review. Please leave us a review. Now, even if the review is not five stars, please give it five stars because that's what they use to calibrate the algorithm. So you can put five stars and then write something shocking, but please do select five stars because it means that other people might uh, hear about us as well. Kiro Tefano, Kloisvi Baub, welcome everybody to Lost Forward with... Kath. And Lo. <laughs> we always stall after that intro. There's never much to say. We yeah. need to, uh, yeah, we need to think of something. Shamai, Kath, what's your thoughts on the game's of the weekend women's six nations kicked off two very dominant performances mm -hmm. unsurprisingly yeah. <laughs> i thoroughly enjoyed watching both matches i was really impressed with the standard some of the individual performances were really eye-catching good strength yeah really pleased uh, and impressed overall but troubled by the big gaps in the scoreline, the big discrepancies. Yeah. And I think it just, it makes what Meg said uh, so much more compelling um, because obviously England are professional, France are semi-professional, but the others aren't. We are going to keep getting these huge gulfs <laughs> in scoreline uh, if we don't 
rectify that, I think. So it's a bit demoralising and frustrating on the one hand, but all teams showed quite a lot of heart and quite a lot of purpose and intent and creativity. And yeah, it's good. It was a good opening weekend, I thought. Yeah, I I agree. I had, um, I thought the gap between the teams in the score line mm. mirrors the gap between those women's economic situations yeah in terms of like their rugby unions um and i yeah completely agree that until there is an an equal playing field level playing field financially for mm. women at test level it's going to be really hard to to make comments on certain kind of aspects of the game because I thought, particularly watching Wales, the Wales-France game, so the commentator was drawing some parallels between Warren Abrams and Wayne Pivak, that obviously Abrams has come in from sevens and is encouraging the team to play sort of a different brand of rugby. And they were sort of saying, well, you know, actually, if you look at Pivak, took that a little bit of time to bed in. But Wayne Pivak has now been like coach of Wales for nearly two years, more or less. Um, and these women have had about two weeks together. Um, <laughs> yeah. And about half of them are also working, like taking time mm. off their full-time jobs to be able to do that. So, yeah, I was really looking at it, particularly the Welsh women thinking, okay, like how how do you tackle something like this without provision? Mm. You know, what, what Meg said, like how... If you are like Shu and Lily Crap, Gemma Rowlands, Eleanor Snowsill, they all play in England. You know, if you are a Welsh woman who wants to develop the game and, mm. you know, play rugby all the time and you have that talent, you need to go to England. Like Meg has an English mum, so she's able to like also be England qualified so she can. Yeah, I really kept dwelling on that. So mm. it, it became difficult to really watch a lot of the nuances of the game. I mean, like I thought the French showed a lot of intent and really really clinical because I know mm. they had that very they were held to a draw very famously by Scotland last year which mm-hmm. was massive that 13 all draw and I feel like you're seeing this hungry kind of fight back from them that they they refused to be um <laughs> belittled in any way which yeah. was, as a Welsh fan is not great to witness but thinking about the possible final which is likely to be Mm. England France that's pretty tasty Mm. yeah I'm very excited to see that that matchup yeah I thought France was so ruthless and at one point they took three I think when they were like 20 points ahead or something but they took the three points because it was an easy three and it was just that was interesting that they were just yeah tightening the screw turning the screw turning the knife what's the phrase twisting the knife or twisting turning the, knife. the screw yeah mm. or yeah. taming the shrew so just just another chill play written by a guy uh <laughs> in which uh the main character is objectified as an animal not even as a person <laughs> cool yeah. must be pretty demoralizing for a wales or for a scotland like they're going into that match knowing it's highly unlikely that they're going to get a win. But then I was wondering whether that takes some pressure off. All we need to do is go in and focus on 
our plays, our execution, and just restore some pride, I guess, you know? So maybe it's a bit liberating. Yeah, let's just focus on what we're doing and keep track of whether we're improving in the areas that we want to. And um... I agree with that. I think, but in order to be able to do that, you still need a little bit of consistency and like shared understanding. Yeah. In order to be able to do some of those things. And like the Wales women haven't played together for a year which is not the case for quite a lot of the other mm-hmm. um, international teams. And you can see that. And I was thinking about like the, the Argentinian men's famous victory over the All Blacks mm. last autumn, how everybody was making so much of the fact that like they've not played, uh, you know, they've been training separately. They've had COVID in their cat, you know, like they've had all mm. this adversity. But <laughs> um, it is still a really different prospect, isn't it? Because like... They have been playing together for a huge amount of time. There is a lot of money in Argentinian men's rugby, at least, like supporting them and taking them there. They were able to spend, what, like six weeks in Australia before mm-hmm. they played um, played the All Blacks. They did pull, it out, pull something incredible out of the bag, but it is different still, I think, from if you were talking about being tired, if you think about somebody who is during a difficult time anyway working as a nurse Mm. who then takes two weeks leave to come and train Mm. in Wales camp has to put you know their full-time job or their kids to one side and then yeah you know kind of get to know a new group of players and and new systems yeah and Chris Jones was saying on Rugby Union Weekly that the way it's been set up there is the possibility of some like dramatic shock victories that might set up like a slightly different final and that and that's exciting in one way uh but mostly yeah you want that consistency you want that uh ability to compete and that makes it more yeah much more interesting I think overall um and it's interesting though I mean the second half uh England Scotland like there's been a lot of chat about how poor England were really for 20 odd minutes 30 minutes like you know well they didn't score a point for half an hour in the second half which yeah I know they were really disappointed I wanted to get on to that sure they England scored eight tries and I thought that Jess Breach solo try Mm. that try in particular was yeah really sensational yeah um and obviously Poppy Cleal, who I'm sure oh. we'll get on to. Uncleal. That's <laughs> going to be our new feature. She is uncleal. Unreal. If you've got to explain it. It doesn't work. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I I was thinking as I was watching it, I was like, so this is obviously the scoreline is going to make this look like a hammering. And, and at mm. least in the first half, I'd say first 30, it was pretty relentless, I thought. But there were lots of areas that you thought, oof, they, there's a lot to work on here. And I also wonder whether one of the things that I think a lot about England ladies is how reliant they are or have been historically on Emily Scarrett. Mm. Um, I mean, I would love to be reliant on Emily Scarrett, but... <laughs> uh, what about Amelie Moresmo? Oh, She's well. going to be spitting out her Bordeaux if she <laughs> hears that. She's going to be very upset, but I'd like to uh, pit them against each other, you see. They can fight for my uh, affections if they wish. Like Ardy and Akira for me. Mm, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. Obviously, Emily Scarrett is 
an incredibly gifted, successful athlete who's had incredible longevity as well. My instinct, though, is this might be quite a transitional time for England ladies as well Mm -hmm. as England men's in that I think they have to find other ways of playing or they have to find Mm. other ways of running the game. That's why I kind of find it interesting like that they switch the kicker a few times, you know, like mm. Scarrett didn't uh, didn't kick off the tee all the time. And um, I thought, you know, I know they made a point of um, some of like Helena Rowland's, the crossfield kicks early on not mm. coming off um, or not quite like reading the wind right. But I also thought, well, yeah, when you've had a, essentially sort of like a Maradona figure, but do you know what I mean? Like yeah. somebody who is yeah. sort of the engine of the team... Mm. you need a bit of time and space to to actually give other players confidence to play their roles Mm. there's a lot of pressure on Roland as well isn't there like she's kind of auditioning to be the next 10 consistently and and like switching between sevens and 15s and yeah I think there's a she's yeah she's a young player there's a lot on her shoulders so that's yeah it's interesting that they yeah they made some errors and that they were quite frustrated weren't they the coach particularly was quite vocal about it um but yeah they're gelling again that you know they're finding their feet as well I wanted to take that as a moment to ask you about something generally that I've noticed across men's and women's rugby and across (laughs) northern and southern hemisphere which is how much more people are going for rips mm, they love the rip the turnover and the jackal like yeah. is the jackal slowly fading away because of the, the law changes grip it and rip it yeah the rip is big isn't it it really Mass- is in, in super rugby aotearoa it is everywhere like the speed of clear out is ferocious like ferocious i think super fast super physical players are tackling more are tackling higher and quicker because I think they're going for rips because they are avoiding rucks. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, I had noticed a lot of rips, but I hadn't thought much beyond the grip it and rip it feature. So <laughs> I just like the headlines and the puns. Then you can bring in the substance, you see. You're so good at it, though. <laughs> I did, but it was, it was interesting to see that also in the women's game. I think the Cleals were saying after the game as well that like there's still a lot of adjustment to be made to those rule changes because obviously the men have internationally had more chance to play with them mm. since they've come in than than the women have. Shall we do our pito pito correro really quickly? Because mm-hmm. it's been a fascinating couple of weeks uh, in Aotearoa, the long white cloud. First of all, biggest headline. It's not going to be about who you think it is. I'm, I'm not. I'm not leading with that. Um, the Highlanders, a record-breaking defeat of the Crusaders at home. So in Christchurch. So twelve thirty-three on Friday night. You love you to see it. Absolutely <laughs> live for it. So much like. Argentina against the All Blacks when they beat them. The Crusaders have quite a similar playbook to like old school, oh, like Steve Hansen, Fozzie All Blacks that, that we wish would change, but it's not changing yet. Um, and the same way that Argentina discovered, the best way, like if you put them under pressure, they make mistakes, which we've <laughs> seen. Like we, we talked about this in the first few pods of the of the year. Like 
the Crusaders commit errors and they also mm-hmm. get flustered. Yeah. The Highlanders' line speed, their defensive organisation, and their their like willingness and ability to make the tackle and then get back in the line, like, was unreal. The tactics absolutely sensational. Kept the ball in hand a lot. You know, like the Crusaders, great at counter attacking, also great offset piece. So kept the ball in play. Really, really smart. Really aggressive, but just sensational. And I know I bang on about this all the time and it does break my heart that Falau Fakatava is is the understudy to Aaron Smith and will continue to be for another two years when he would start in any other Super Rugby team. But Falau Fakatava plays the first 40, 45 minutes and is sensational. And then <laughs> like a hundred test all black Aaron Smith <laughs> pops off the bench <laughs> to play the second half. And, you know, that really worked for them. Yeah, it is such an interesting competition because every team has been beaten by another team. The other big news, which is big for all the Ardi Savea fans out there, which is you. <laughs> now we've said this before: we never wish injury on anyone. Nope. All Blacks captain, Chiefs co-captain Sam Kane is out mm. for about six months with a pectoral injury. Potentially, I read an article the other day saying that this actually paves the way for Ardy to return to the seven shirt because it absolutely has broken my heart and I watched an interview with him a couple of weeks ago where like he's so committed he's so positive but also so like has so clearly been shunted from the the seven jersey which was rightfully Mm. his because you know who got nominated for player of the year in 2019 and should have won it which seven from New Zealand I'm going to say Ardy. It was Ardy. Yeah, like, (laughs) bizarre to choose not your first choice seven as your captain. Um, But he's been playing eight, which is not his natural, you know, that's not his natural position. He's such an extraordinary seven because he is different from a lot of sevens that the buzz is now that maybe Ardy will step in as captain and step into seven, which sets us up for... Akira at six, Ardy at seven, Hoskins to two to at eight for the All Blacks. The R combo. <laughs> <laughs> Patty in the second row with like, I mean, it's probably going to be Sam Whitelock, but it shouldn't be because we've talked about that as well. <laughs> and then don't, don't really care about anywhere else. No, just oh, sorted Rico there. Rico at 13. Pop Rico at 13. Ricoing havoc. Yeah. I think the women's Six Nations is going to be really good for our lifting the lid feature. Because there were some incredible lids on display. A lot of uh, plaited hair and such like. Really striking. So I think over the next weekend or two, we should uh, revisit that feature and and look at some of the the hairstyles. I've been thinking quite a lot about, I mean, look how much... It's not Hamish Watson-esque anymore. That was a couple (laughs) of weeks ago. But I... I both I need a haircut, but also I am growing it, and now I'm like maybe it's I should nice, just that. yeah let it's it run length. free. Uh, congratulations to Hamish, by the way, your hair twin for winning Player of the Tournament. I did vote Falatau, obviously, but Hamish was my second choice, so I was pleased. I was I was fine with that. I just thought Falatau nicks it for me because he's in the team that won the championship. I think that should have been that should have followed. Watson would be my second choice too. Did I vote for Tulupe about three or four times for different email addresses? <laughs> I did, and he still didn't win. Um, 
but I just think that goes to show like I think that's how he likes it he flies under the radar like yeah he would yeah he wouldn't want it any other way really we will know like I will yeah. always know he was player of the championship yeah I will always know he's the greatest eight of the last decade well but Poppy Cleal is putting her hand up isn't she yeah men's she, yeah obs, yeah. obs men's yeah yeah uh, the commentator the other day was like, I'm getting bored of talking about her. She is so good. <laughs> <laughs> she was just doing she everything. She was immense. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't miss a tackle, immense. apparently. Didn't no, miss a tackle. Didn't. 19 carries or something like that. A couple of tries, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she's class. Absolutely smashed it. I think that might be, it's obviously not where I'll play, but I do, but like the loose loose forwards... Six, seven, eight. they're just my fa- all my they're favorite players. They're the coolest. I love them. Yeah, definitely. Because it's coolest. like you have to be defensively really present, and defense is where you show your heart and your like determination and courage. But also, good Lucy's or the ones that I like, they're all great runners, got <laughs> yeah. good hands, yeah, love exactly. popping up on a wide channel, like, yeah, <laughs> or popping up at scrum half, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and Ken will do that for you as well. He will. I do also love a very mobile front row, but Ken could play anywhere if he wanted. It's about what he wants. You know what I mean? I don't want to get into Welsh regional rugby because we've had some real upsets over the weekend. So let's not go down the Ken route. Right. Anything else from the women? Uh, anything else we want to say? No, I just want to say that I'm really enjoying it. Oh, I will say, BBC iPlayer, can you make it a bit more prominent? Maybe yeah. don't make us have to search for it. We would love that. We'd love some some analysis. We'd love more cameras at the game. Yeah, but we're delighted that it's on. And I was really pleased that Rugby Union Weekly did a pod about it. There's lots of positive stuff. There's a lot of momentum. Um, it's really on the up. It's really exciting. Um and yeah, really good quality, I thought. And I've had a few people say that they were, yeah, pleasantly surprised by that. And I think that's great that it's changing people's perceptions. Um, yes, there were some errors and some rust and whatever, but that's always the way. And uh, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. More knock-ons in Super Rugby Altero than there were in the women's Six mm. Nations. That's the other thing I want to talk about is handling errors, which okay. I think is not because people are terrible at catching. I think it's because as we move away from the jackal, as we move away from like the art of slowing down the ball, which is like, thanks Richie McCaw, we're playing a lot faster, like hand-to-hand heads-up rugby. It just means that I think those handling errors aren't because those players aren't doing the basics. It's just about them readjusting to how quickly they have to move from yeah. a clean out, say, to, to open play. There was a lovely flat pass out from Meg Jones, from our Meg Jones <laughs> our at Meg, one point. Yeah, um, I do remember that pass. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, but unfortunately that was fumbled and knocked forward, which is a shame. But I think you're right. It's par for the course. Do we reckon, because Meg came on at 13, so she came on for Emily Scarrett. Yeah. Like, one, to see Emily Scarrett subbed off, that's already hmm. um, an important change. Because uh, you know, she rarely comes off. Interesting to see Meg playing at 13. Yeah, I was... Into it. Yeah, I was into it, I must say. Because I thought, yeah, like, obviously we covered in the pod that she's played 9 and 10. But of course, her like, her skill set allows for a, yeah, for a centre position and, for sure. And, and kick it, like, a 13 who can yeah. kick is also yeah. like... Um, Maybe so that's Meg, her future. Yeah, pop on the pod again. 
You're now a yeah. friend of the pod. A dear friend of the a pod. A dear close friend, close personal friend of the pod. <laughs> um, so yeah, pop on when you want, Meg. Yeah. Um, we can sort of talk athlete to athlete, profesh to profesh. Mm, yeah. Pro- we probably see the same things in the game. Yeah, you know? probably. Yeah. Um, I might send her some of my yo-yo vids so she oh. knows the kind Just of, so like, she, the yeah. handling I've got and the reflexes. Yeah. And, and I think that's... Um, because, it's, you know, we have spent a lot of time, you know, we've watched a lot of her game. Mm, and I think it's about she, time she watched yeah. my game, in a way. Yeah. In many ways, the, the rugby ball is like a yo-yo. You want to keep it on a string. Mm. Um that's as far as you're going with that, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> there's, no, there's nowhere else. Yeah. yeah. That was a dead end street. I did my first rugby training of Excellent. the year on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, shout out all the Barnes ladies. Ladies? Mm-hmm. Don't you say ladies twice? All the Barnes ladies. <laughs> D- um, <Yeah. laughs> hi. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, loving that. Super excited to chat to Naomi, who mm. is the vice captain of Bourneville Ladies uh, mm-hmm. Rugby Club. Um, so we're going to chat to her about her experiences in the game, grassroots rugby. Um, looking forward to that. Excited to do a little skurskada, Ben. I've been um, practising my Cymraeg a little bit. So sorry, Ben, and also uh for humouring my my Welsh chat that I keep sending you. You're very kind. <laughs> um and oh, actually, I do want to do one shout out to Alice, my Verthrawis Camragi, Diochon Vaur Alice, am um, Grando Arpodlediad, um, doing Tamlo Mor Lucas. Um, so I thank you, I'm Alice. I'm feeling very lucky. Yeah. Yes. Very, very lucky that Alice is my Welsh teacher. Um, and thank you very much for listening to our podcast. She sent me a lovely text yesterday. Oh, people are so great. They've been so encouraging. It's uh, It gives me a little spring in my step. Um, yeah. Do you know what gives me a spring in my step? Go. Knowing that Ardi Save is going to be the next <laughs> All Blacks captain. <laughs> Do you know what the problem yeah. is? Is that like I, I overdo the joke so then people do take me too seriously <laughs> and they're like you're obsessed you're obsessed with this so I d- it might not be the time to tell our listeners about um the time i met sir bobby charlton <laughs> i think it's always the time oh, to tell God. your okay. listeners I'll tell- because i i don't know how good i am with meeting like i think celebrities in general fine but if they are somebody i have built a his like have a like a fan history with so kath and i made friends in many ways thanks to manchester united football club we did yeah uh because our first year of school was the treble winning year uh what what a year it was (laughs) i was so into man united oh i love them i love the history i love the stories and like man united have got pretty intense pretty tragic history it's obviously sir bobby the history of the munich air disaster and the busby babes and then him coming back with sir matt busby like man united winning the european championship 10 years after the munich air disaster a couple of years after england winning the world cup anyway many years later Um, I think at my like college graduation, we're in this little garden having these like drinks, 
and like <laughs> I'm with my friends who all study English like me and don't give a shit about football and I turn around and I think I just went oh my god <laughs> like over in a corner just quietly being a nice old man was Sir Bobby Charlton um and I was like, oh my gosh, I need, I need to go and talk. Like, I feel like I just need to go and say thank you. Like, thank you for who you are um, and what you've been through. So in my like flouncy summer dress, um, <laughs> I walked over and he like turned around super sweet. And, um, and he went, yes, dear. And I was like, Sir Bobby, I just want to say. And then he took my hand. And the moment he took my hand, I burst into floods of tears. <laughs> like, he was so sweet. He kept Aww. shaking my hand. And then he was like, Thank you. Thank you so much. Was it the same when you did John Toshak's dry cleaning? <laughs> butterflies, Kath. Absolute butterflies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's only Amelie for me that I would, yeah, I would really, really struggle. I think, because yeah. I'd want to get it all across. I'd want to get the yeah. depth of my feeling across. And I just don't know that you can in like a non-creepy way. Um, yeah, she would be the only one for me, I think. Um, yeah, I actually, the only other person I think I would, yeah, would be Serena Williams, because I spent a ridiculous amount of money when I was in New oh, York yeah. <laughs> to go and see uh, a day at the US Open instead of like go and see like Hamilton. I was there on a theatre course. And I was like, oh my God, you have to see Hamilton. And I was like, I'm going to spend $200 on this. <laughs> I was on my own. I couldn't get anyone to come with me. Um, and in Arthur Ashe, like it was massive. I was so far away. They just said her name. She came out and I... <laughs> burst into tears <laughs> i was like yeah don't think i don't think i should meet serena but love what you're about serena love what you do you are one of the greatest athletes of all time emily scarrett and sarah hunter are the two in that england squad that i would get quite nervous around because they're such iconic leaders who are the players coming through who are going to be the next kind of yeah figureheads megan jones well obviously megan jones but beyond that like yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting for them, this transition now ahead of the World yeah. Cup. I'm excited. I think we're going to see um, a big improvement across the games, the Six Nations. The only mm -hmm. thing not having five games is tricky, particularly for the squads who haven't had a lot of time together because you'd see much more improvement mm. across the five games. So I think training and that time together and the work that's going on between the games suddenly becomes a lot more important yeah i would love to see a lions tour for the women get them off to new zealand for a real battle we'll go we'll cover it we will we'd be delighted thank you bbc we accept well it's our offer. idea so actually if they did <laughs> want to do it they'd have to come to us first 